ACAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. I mean, it's like a hot dog with lobster and it costs $37. So I, I don't get why people are willing to pay so much for them, but they're good. And finally, Tim... wait, that's it. There's no other, there's no pushback on that. Or... I, I, I don't eat seafood. Ah, Ben? I can't eat bread, but uh, basically anything, any flesh with mayonnaise is great. it's my understanding that a lobster roll is flesh with mayonnaise so we're good here aren't you glad i pushed a little bit any flesh with mayonnaise is good is our new slogan and that is all there is to it we've been looking for the trailer that's not on a t-shirt by christmas then the marketing department what are we doing yeah we've been looking for our trailer here it is ladies and gentlemen 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys Jeff Simons in Berkeley, California. Happy holidays. Thank you. Ben, Tim has a tree behind him. I'm ready to get it in the, in the holiday season. Yeah. Could be a fake backup picture. We're not sure. Uh, ben Barton, hello. Uh, there in Knoxville, Tennessee. Everything's going great. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday and uh, did not disappoint this year. Well, I want you to know that there is a chill in the air with this podcast. Brr. It is, New, it is New England, gentlemen. New England. Oh, it's cold in New England, of course, of course. Of course it. it is. Um, Ben Barton, get things started. How many states are in New England? Oh, this is a good one. Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts. And I'm done, right? You are done. Thank you for not saying New York. Uh, which is the one that my students always say. No, 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 no. Yeah, that, that no part of that also. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Simons, who named New England? Uh, a bunch of people from England would be my guess. <laughs> it was it was young John Smith in 1616 when he created the map of New England. John Smith sailed by my hometown of Situate, Massachusetts. And we have a a historical marker right in Cohasset Harbor, marking the point where John Smith sailed by. And when some Indians came out on the point and shot arrows at the ship, John Smith kept sailing to New England, but shot cannon fire at these Indians back in 1609, uh, America's first drive-by shooting. <laughs> Is that what the plaque says? It does not say that. That's... You know, we would have a plaque where Drake sailed by San Francisco Bay, but uh, it's too big to put a plaque. <laughs> That's my favorite. Like He just whoops. missed it. He did yeah, not he know did. there was a bay. There, there are days, there are foggy days here where I'm like, oh, that's how he missed it. 
for sure. Like you, where you can't see your hand in front of your face, but he sailed right. by San Francisco Bay into Drake's Bay and was an unsuccessful colony because Drake's Bay is about the size of a swimming pool. <laughs> and like eight miles away was the biggest natural bay on the West Coast. And like, poor, Jesus, damn shame there's not another place we could park all these boats. Poor, poor Drake. Gosh, Drake, Drake really does take a beating on our podcast. Um, listen, we need to talk about something before we go on with New England. Um, my colleague's student wrote a paper. And so this is a, a uh, ninth grade student. I'm not sure the topic of the paper, but within the paper. I'm sorry, did you say colleague slash student or a colleague's no, My student. colleague's student. Got it, because I was like, you're hiring 14-year-olds? Um, well, this is the power of our podcast that my colleagues come to me with any musical tidbits. Um, this student wrote that there are only four artists who will be known in 200, 300 years, who will still have relevance. These are the artists who will stand the test of time hundreds of years from now. Bruno Mars. Okay, off to a bad start. (laughs) Green Day. Still not helping. Justin Bieber. And Jimmy Buffett. Who is this kid? Is this kid like a 150-year-old man hiding as a 14-year-old in your school? I love... I Jimmy love, Buffett's my favorite of those, actually. Jimmy, right? Jimmy Buffett's such an amazing get because after the first three, I was like, well, he's just naming like contemporary artists that will not right. be famous. He just forgot the Beatles, or he doesn't consider that part of this group. But then when you throw Jimmy Buffett in, you're like, oh, no. Considered the Beatles, chose Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Let alone Mozart. Has you heard of Mozart? I hear uh, good things about Mozart. It's already yeah, been 400 years. Is this child from Florida? Is he from Key West? I don't know. I'll have to do some more work on that. Is this a serious or is he just taking the piss out of your colleague? Like, no, like, it's, it's, actually, it's a brilliant fake essay if he didn't mean it. like I couldn't think of four funnier <laughs> artists to say would stand the test of time. Sadly, it was real, and I don't know as a, as a teacher how I would handle the, coming across that in a paper. I think I would have. Oh, trouble. I know how I would handle it. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. Let's get back to New England. Um. Our arrival song, <laughs> Ben Barton. No. Um. Snark. Jeff Simons go a minute and eleven seconds in. Listen, we all have our guilty pleasures, Ben Barton, and this one is mine. Here we go. Oh, 
Barry Manilow at the top of his game. That's the song I've got on as I fly into New England. What is that song called? It's called Weekend in New England, which is really hilarious that that's the name of this. Like, it's like naming your song, like, Eating This Sandwich. No, the thing that's so funny about it is that if you were going to choose a really dumb, horrible song about having a vacation in New England, how could you miss the Pina Colada song, which is a vastly superior version of that song? Wait, are they in New England? Yes, they long walks on the Cape. Oh, they make love in the dunes on the Cape. What Cape do you think? It's not Cape Horn. Is it Cape May? Seems like a journey. You never know. It's definitely Cape Cod, for sure. It definitely is. Um, and she said, oh, it's you. <laughs> it's <is> the <laughs> best line in that song, for sure. <laughs> so great. All Man, right. that is some spirit. You know, it's so funny, though. That is That kind of sums up how I feel about New England. Like, I I have never really quite gotten the whole the whole thing. I mean, I, you know, probably just jealousy being from the mid Atlantic where everything is a little hotter and a little more full of mosquitoes and a lot less charming, but um, the new England thing, like, Oh, the leaves and Oh, the Cape. I'm like, I've been to those places and I'm like, yeah, but, <laughs> so, but I have this kind of like snarky also, cynicism about the whole thing that Barry Manilow really like lays in the cut of. So did, did you like Vermont? I did like Vermont oh. quite a bit. And I've been to New Hampshire when the in the that height of leaf changing moment, and it is quite something. Um, but the beaches are a little rocky for me, and and uh, cold. I prefer I prefer a, a, a I prefer a Southern Atlantic Pacific beach to the New England beaches. So, um, Ben Barton, how often do you get to New England? Um, so I spent many a summer in New England. Uh, yes, my, did. my mom ran a business on Nantucket. And so we went up there. We went up, we, we started going there for a week or two every summer. And then from the time I was, I don't know, 15, 16, we spent every summer all the way through college there. So I spent a yes. lot of time on Nantucket. And then I like went to camp in Maine. Like I've been up and down all over around New England. What part of Maine were you in for camp? No idea. The coasty part. <laughs> Maine. <laughs> I definitely was in Maine. And then I went through Vermont and New Hampshire on that trip to Maine. <laughs> to Maine. Um, all right. <laughs> I, I've got um several New England uh facts for us here. Uh the number one consumer of ice cream in the country, the, the New England per capita consumption of ice cream beats every other area of the country. My uh my mother actually accounts for a good portion of that. That I, I that I approve. I approve heartily of that. Of the ice sure. cream. I have, no, I have no qualms with that. Is it because of Ben and Jerry, or did Ben and Jerry thrive I mean, because they were smart enough to see I think the niche so. market? Yeah, because Friendlies was already there, killing it with the fribble. Anyone? Is that ice cream though? Oh, I've been to Friendlies. I've had many a Friendly burger, and I've had a fribble. I have two, but it's a fribble ice cream. It's a shake. It's no, it's a shake. Ice it's ice a shake. But they make their own ice cream. Briars is up there. Oh, they got all the ice cream. Don't worry. Hood, about isn't Hood up there? Isn't that those little cups? That's Aren't right. They those little cups of goodness. Um, top Carvel. five is Carvel, New England. No, that's New York. That's okay. New York. Top five most populous cities in New England. Be careful here, gentlemen. Be careful. Again, this is a team effort. Can you name the top five most populous cities? Let's be careful out there. Go. We're going to do this in order or how are we going to do it? You can go ahead and c- confirm with each other the name of the city. Throw it out. Well, well let's choose Boston number one. How do you yes, yes I agree that? with Boston is number one. Correct. Okay. 
And then we have a choice between Hartford and Providence. Providence, Hartford. Stop there. Uh, then all the rest of them are going to be in Connecticut. It's going to be like yeah. Stanford and Ridgeport. Like every, the things that cl hug up against New York. Interesting. Although, I mean, is there a, there's not, none of those suburbs of Boston are big enough, right? Like Worcester, that's not going to, that's nothing, right? Is Worcester even a suburb of Boston? Isn't that way out in Western Whatever. None of those spaces count. So let's go uh, <laughs> Hartford, Providence, Boston. We feel good about those. Yes. Hartford and, is out. No Hartford, way. Hartford, no makey. Providence is number three. Hartford, it's not in the top five. So we missed two. Which, by the way, brings me back to what you were saying uh, last time, Ben, about Cleveland. Like, holy smokes, Hartford isn't in the top yeah, five. Totally. Yeah. Hartford is just kind of empty. Yeah, totally. Once the Whalers left, that was it for Hartford. <laughs> that was Everybody it. else followed along. Last thing they were hanging on. Now, the, the Connecticut, the law school there, the University of Connecticut Law School is there, not in stores. And um, yeah. it's tough. That's a tough town. Like yeah. you don't think of Connecticut is actually the wealthiest state in the union and all of their urban areas suck. Yeah. They're just, it's true, man. Connecticut is it. It's Connecticut. Yeah. It, uh, it's it. Don't, don't even get me started on Connecticut. <laughs> uh, geez. I don't know. None of the cities. But no, Stanford for sure. Stanford, Connecticut. Okay. Um, now your Connecticut uh, call is with Bridgeport. 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 Okay. I had Bridgeport. Great. Um, Worcester is number two. Worcester is second. I was going to say. Worcester's that I, big? I kind of wanted to say Worcester. It's big. How many people live in Worcester? Arena. It goes Boston, Worcester, Providence, Springfield, and Bridgeport. Oh, Springfield. Wow, I would not have gotten that. I know. I, I was shocked. Shocked, I tell you. <laughs> um, I've been to Springfield. That's where the NBA Hall of Fame is. Yep, I've been to the NBA Hall of Fame. Me too, for sure. Nice. It's a papa shot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and well, tell me about this. Um, is Route 95 America's most unpleasant highway? That Ooh, 95 for Boston down to New York City. It's the worst experience. Is there a is there a worse stretch in America? What do you got? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Dude, what do you got? All you have to do is drive 80 around yeah. the curve past Gary, Indiana, into Chicago. That oh, stretch. Really? Oh, good lord. Yes, no, it's like it's like a dystopian future where all the humans have been replaced by rotting industrial plants. It's just oh, brutal. God. And it's always under construction. There is always a lane closed between right. Gary and uh and it's the next I mean it's snowy miles. and shitty. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. I mean 95 is awful up there, but I have a soft spot for 95 going south because it it's how you get to Florida, it's how you get through all those southern states, and that was my Childhood going to visit my grandmother. So. And there's an OG Jeff Simon song called. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, best, all right. Best left forgotten. So. Oh, no, I love that one. Speaking <laughs> of songs, the compilation contest, we have 15 songs oh. that reference New England coming at you. I demand that the two of you get 11 of <laughs> these artists. 11 of these artists. 11, huh? And we still don't have a name for this segment. So the compilation continues to do its work. Uh, okay, so I'm playing it. You ready, Ben? I'm ready. Take a walk in the morning sun. I got mine, the 
reigns to the boat. I moved to work from New York to New England, New Hampshire, New London, New Jersey, New Zealand. You didn't have uh, access to the A studio this week, huh? That's so obviously <laughs> made on a boombox. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. We did our best. <laughs> what with the traveling and all. All right. Um, I don't think we're going to get more than 10 unless you pull the rabbit out of your hat, Ben. Oh, no way. Uh, ben, get us started. Oh, we're, that's it? No, we got we to give us one more listen, oh, dude. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Any any conversation beforehand? If you want to pause. Uh, do you have any idea who the rapper is? No idea. I'm going to say 50 cent. I have no idea. Okay. Well, let's listen again. You get no hints? No hints for anything? Okay. All there is is suffering. There are no hints. All right. Did you get 14? Oh, yeah, you did. Good. I think you should be careful with number 13. Just throwing that out there. That's totally unfair. There are 40 covers of that song. You could kiss my ass. I know the song. Yeah, we know the song. So you're going to go ahead and give it to us for sure. Yeah. I mean, just kiss my ass with that. Like, there are, that's like asking who did this random cover of Yesterday by the Beatles. Like, no. In advance, no, with the careful on 13. Wow. All right. I mean, come on. Here we go. Number one, is, number one is Aerosmith. Yes. Three Miles Smile. I never heard that song, but it's unmistakably Aerosmith. Uh, ben Barn, give me one. Uh, number three is my guy, Steve Miller. That is correct. Who Jeff? was number two? I'm going to guess 50 Cent. It's our old friend, are... Cameron. Cameron. Oh, no way. Okay. 
Got it for cheap. Number four is Ted Leo and the Pharmacists. Uh, Ben Barton? Isn't it Joe Jackson? No, number number four is Ted Leo. Oh, got it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Throw out anyone. Uh, Number five is the worst band I've ever heard. (laughs) I think number five, I have a guess of Elton John. Uh, Number five is Alabama. (laughs) I was right. It is the worst band I've ever heard. Their song is called If It Ain't Dixie. They bring us all across the world, but yeah, they realize in the end, if it ain't Dixie. Um, oh, all right, number, six, get number six, Patty Smith from Birdland. Good. Number seven is super hard. I've heard that song before, and it's driving me a little crazy because I recognize that guy's voice, but I cannot place. The song is called Autumn, right? It is. So it's one of those. I, at least I got that for you. It's one of those names in music that I've heard so much of, uh, and never heard a song by the guy. Edgar Winter. Oh my God. That's the guy. That's the same album that Frankenstein is on. That's why it makes no sense. That's, that's the same amazing. record as Bada, da, da, ba, da, ba, Oh, yeah. Da. No, I know who Edgar Winter is for sure. I just can't believe that that's by that's him. That's why I've heard it. I had Loggins and Messina. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess. That totally fits. That's a great uh, guess. Uh, ben, did you get number eight? So that's the uh, the Billy Bragg song, New England. Christy, Christy McCall's cover. Yeah, right. Billy Bragg. By the way, that song is not about New England. Minus five for the host for taking a <laughs> uh, New England and making it a song about New England. Very funny. Uh, uh, number nine, Fountains of Wayne. The... Oh, nice. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Ben Barton, mm-hmm. tell me about Fountains of Wayne. They're from New Jersey, um, but they actually they were li- like one of the guys in the band was living up in Vermont, I think, when he wrote Valley Winter Song. And I strongly recommend Valley Winter Song. I almost chose it. Um, it's a way better okay. selection than the song I actually chose, which okay. make everybody really mad. <laughs> oh, good. I can't wait for that. And did he, uh, the lead singer died a couple years ago, right? Yeah, yeah there's like three different guys who were singers and songwriters in it, though. They they were like a, um, a you know, pop, pop okay. band where a lot of different guys sang and, and worked together. They have a, what's their most famous song? Stacy's Mom, which is not a good song. But but Valley Winter Song is a great song. And they they wrote the, one of the guys wrote the That Thing That You Do from the Tom Hanks fake Beatles. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. It's a great song. Um, all right. So you got, let's see, you got one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, you have six. Do you, anyone know number 10? That's either Belly or Throwing Muses, because that's Tan- Tanya Donnelly singing. So I'm going to go with Belly. It is Tanya Donnelly uh, from a solo album. Nice job. That is impressive. Oh, we're going to get that one? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. It's her singing. Yeah. Um, all right. And then the next guy is Jonathan Richmond and the Modern Lovers, uh, rock music's preternatural 11 year old. Uh, it is Jonathan Richmond, star of Something About Mary. Six, seven. We're at eight. Your boy, number 12, Ben. Uh, it's Paul Simon. I, I got to tell you, I did not um, mind Simon and Garfunkel until this podcast started. And now every time I hear that voice, I think of Ben's visceral reaction to it. And I'm like, I start to have it too. I'm like, that oh, song that's... is great, though, even though he uses Peruvian flutes on it, which is usually unforgivable. But that song, Duncan, is great. In my humble that opinion. is one of your favorite songs by him, but I just disagree. That song also. Uh, that's one of my all time favorite. It might be my. It might be my top three oh. all time Paul Simon songs. Oh. I, I like. I would get up 
and shut off the computer if that came on. That was just miserable. Uh, all right, number 13. I think the song that's is the Wagon Old Crow Wheel. Medicine Show version of it. Yes, that's what I'm saying to you. Wagon Wheel, Old Crow Medicine Show. And I don't care if we're wrong. We get full credit for knowing that that song It's not is the Wagon. Darius Rucker version, so your choices it, include I, the old... I intentionally went with the Darius Rucker version. That well, then you the just Darius said Darius Rucker, Rucker so there you go. But I will give it to you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Number 14, Jeff Simons. Is the Decemberists. It is the oh, Decemberists. Voices. You get the 11 points. Uh, and for Fuzzies, the last one. I had the Chiffons. <laughs> I have Ella Fitzgerald. It was the Andrews sisters. Oh, nice. Massachusetts. Nice. That's a good one. Oh, you guys, that was that was impressive, man. That was some good teamwork right there. That was that was that really felt like the sum was greater than the yeah. individual parts That's, for that one. <laughs> that was the the uh the goal of the bit from the very beginning was something like that. The two of you together. Um all right. We gotta get to our Favorite son or daughter song. Again, actually, I don't think we've explained this totally. The podcast is New England, excluding Boston. So we got a lot uh, at our fingertips. By the way, there's an easy answer to this. And you probably didn't choose this person and I'm going to be mad. Oh, shoot. Shoot. For the the most popular artist. Oh, yeah. By a mile. Non-Boston most popular artist is from, born in New Haven, Connecticut. You're not going with the Carpenters. Oh, no. No, no, the Carpenters are number two in the state of Connecticut. I I moved the Carpenters to to California. I don't think they count as No, no, no. First of all, Connecticut claims them, believe me. I know. And they're only claiming them because they're hoping to bump Michael Bolton off (laughs) as the top artist (laughs) in Connecticut. (laughs) So if you don't choose a Michael Bolton song, you're cheating. But he start didn't he start in like Oklahoma or something? He is from Connecticut. I if you know. look up the the charts where they list the things from the states, he's the guy. The, he the also original. looks like he's from Connecticut. Oh, I for mean, sure. Come yeah, on. It explains a lot. It explains a <laughs> Not lot. Not like he's from Oklahoma. <laughs> well, uh, unfortunately for you, the favorite son or daughter of New England, excluding Boston, is a band. Hit it, Jeff. popular band from new england in terms of listens do you know they've had 15 studio albums i didn't know that and then they put out 13 live albums more than that actually it's like 350 live albums because yeah, every like show 13 is available. Uh, official live albums i guess yeah. i would say wow so am i right tim that we're one of the things i love about people from new england is they think new england is more important than new england is so we're doing this 
as partly as an homage to that, but we're doing the New England, not Boston podcast. That's then we're doing, this one right now. Yes. And then yep. we're going to do a case for P-H-O-R or against fish <laughs> with Rich Price as our guest as part two. And then we're going to finally do Boston. So it's really a New England trilogy. It is, is that, a trilogy. Is trilogy. Okay. I love it. Wait, but then I we love have so an much. artist in residence for Boston. So then we, it's really actually a four-parter. Oh, oh the Henriad all over again. No, for um, sure. And then, then we'll think we're done. We'll do the artist in residence is four. And then Tim will be like, next week, Connecticut, shine <laughs> up your carpenters. <laughs> well, I can't wait to chop it up about fish. I have been listening very weirdly. I've been listening to fish a lot all fall. And I have a whole bunch of new hard opinions. And I cannot wait to go toe to toe with Ben. Cannot I, wait. <laughs> I have a lot of old hard opinions. So I know it's great. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, I also want to uh, bring up two items. Went to um, Robot Lady's sister-in-law's house for Thanksgiving. Lovely time. Great, great uh, get together with the families. And young nephew Will was so impressed with how many widespread panic shows uh, the Robot Lady went to in her time. Because here he is at the age of 25, listening to Panic all the time. Uh, ben Barton, <laughs> not Panic many, at the Disco. Ben Barton, widespread how many widespread Panic shows did the Robot Lady go to back in the day? So I've sat through half of one. And that was a plenty. <laughs> a plenty. Let I have just, also been to one and a half widespread Panic let's shows. Let's go ahead. I'm going to put the over-under at 10.5. Oh, under, under. I'm going to take the over. It is over. The over. It is 15. So first of all, no one brags about going to eight widespread panic shows, Jeff. She's, <laughs> seriously. Eight is not a good number. You have to get to 11. How on earth did Helen find her way I, accidentally into 12 widespread panic shows? That's insanity. She she even talked about, um, is it Dave Schools, the lead singer or something? Maybe. Leaving leaving a joint in her living room uh, when she was teaching in Athens. Yeah. Okay, so there was they were friends. No, like he knew her roommate or something like that. But that would only, that would be so she got in free. Um no, I mean I think she paid money. I, I mean, if she you paid money 50, to see widespread panic more than one time. If you go to 50 This is the woman who when you met her had only two CDs in her car and they were both musicals, right? You might have to travel. To see 15 widespread panic shows. You I, might be on I the road I cannot process this information. Yeah, it's it's shocking. And uh, it's not associated with the boyfriend? There's not a boyfriend here who like, no. dragged her to these shows? It, or as far yeah, as you know, Jamie, thing. there wasn't one? You're just going to no, go ahead I mean, and go with far, here? As far as I know. As far as I know. Um, but it's good that she's back into uh, our conversation because there has been a, a faithful listener, Nina, missing the names of songs, missing the names of bands. Is it time to bring Robot Lady out of retirement? Do the people want, want her back? Well, well obviously we didn't we retire her. her. I don't want to bug the Robot Lady. You're in charge, Timmy. <laughs> she was let go. It was uh, it was tough. <laughs> Contract go. negotiations broke down. Huh? All right. I'm going to name five things from New England, and you are going to rate them on a scale of one to five. Five being excellent, one being terrible. Oh, can't we just rank them against each other? 
Um, we'll do both. We'll do both. Sorry. Okay, I don't mean yeah, to see, interrupt your bit. See if that works. Um, right. Grinder. That came from New England? Yeah, Grinder's from New England. Like not from Boston, New England? Where? Wooster? It could have been a Wooster. <laughs> it sounds more like a Wooster thing. Do we uh, like I have no I have I no can't opinion, have an on opinion on that. I've never used it. No, or seen it. I've only seen people supposedly oh, using it in This is in so, so awkward. Uh, a grinder is a toasted sub. I see what you did there. Sorry. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll move on. <laughs> when you did that in your head, did you pause for laughter? Or yeah. did you just hope that it would come? <laughs> all right. Well, what about frap? I have had many a frap. I worked at an ice cream store for two different summers on Nantucket, so I've oh, made right. many a frap. The black and white is the correct answer to what kind of frap to get, and they are delicious. I don't like them with malt. Okay, malt is out. Uh, I like them all. I have, I'm an equal opportunity frap guy. I agree the black and white is the way to go. Uh, candle pin bowling. Stupid. Fucking hate candle pin bowling. <laughs> I have hard opinions on this. The ball is... It's like... <laughs> Trying to roll a softball all the way down an alley to okay. hit pins that are twice its weight and have no interest in being moved. Candlepin bowling is like, I just hate it. Like once wow. I, I never wanted to bowl again in my life after going candlepin bowling three times. And I finally got tucked into it. And I was like, wait, you get to use this real ball that actually has a fighting chance. It changed the whole thing for me. I, I, if you were allowed to throw the candle pin ball overhand, then I would like it. But I just hate yeah. candle. And also, this all the is balls such a terrible like take by Jeff. Giant chunks out of it. Jump. The ones the, in the, the one in Maryland that... had like like it was barely a ball. It would like it like it, like it had such big chunks out of each ball that it would like a <laughs> and like lose its its rolling of capability. Ugh. Huh. Allow me to translate all Jeff's boo. take on candle pin bowling. Yes. Jeff does not drink enough to enjoy candle pin bowling. I was nine. He what are you talking not, about? I understand. I, listen, the, the candle pin bowl, it's like the, the people who are like, oh, I don't play softball because, you know, I basically played hardball and I'm much more serious yeah. about it. I'm like, you've misunderstood softball. Like, if you're taking <laughs> softball seriously, you're bad at softball. If you're not drunk candle pin bowling, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Uh, wow. Okay. Well, that makes a lot more. That makes a lot more sense. I, I thought it was for children. I thought candle pin bowling oh, no. was to shame children. No, no, no. It's for it's like in the it's so it can fit in a bar. I had no idea um, that you had such an opinion, Justin. We've known each other for so long. I did not oh, know dude. it was going to trigger you this way. I'm sorry. It was. I can't remember the name of the of the decrepit bowling alley in Annapolis where like it was like the lazy parents' birthday pick every time. Oh no! And it was always it was and it, what they didn't call it candle pin bowling. It was called duck pin down here. We're down there. Duck All right. Uh, Hated it. The next item is the lobster roll. I like a, I like a good lobster roll, although it's hilariously overpriced. Okay. I mean, it's like a hot dog with lobster, and it costs $37. So I, I don't get why people are willing to pay so much for them, but they're good. And finally... Tim... <laughs> Wait, that's it? There's no other... There's no pushback on that? Or... I, I, I don't eat seafood. Ah, Ben? I can't eat bread, but uh, basically anything, any flesh with mayonnaise is great. That's my take <laughs> on it. And it's my understanding that a lobster roll is flesh with mayonnaise, so we're good here. What? Our 
aren't you glad I pushed a little bit? Any flesh with mayonnaise is good is our new slogan. And that is all there is to it. We've been looking for the trailer. If that's not on a t-shirt by Christmas, then the marketing department. What are we doing? Yeah. We've been looking for our trailer. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, And finally, the last thing from New England that you're going to rate Tim Plain. Oh, five stars, five stars. Six, Chris. Breaks the scale. (laughs) Actually, born in New Jersey. Uh, All right, let's go. Let's hit our three songs or events or people or venues for New England, excluding Boston. What do we got? Who gets to go first? I, I can't remember. I think it's me. Um, who nope. can name a band that formed in Sunapee, New Hampshire? But do it, Timmy. Are Are you talking about Aerosmith? I am indeed, Timmy. Nice. The Woo! selection this week is Aerosmith. If you're doubting whether they're actually from New Hampshire, that's fair. They basically played all their shows in Boston. It really uh, is. But a they bit did, of a in fact, meet and form in Sunapee, New Hampshire, and only the Sunapee, New Hampshire Historical Society can claim Aerosmith History Day, the annual <laughs> celebration of Aerosmith in Sunapee, New Hampshire. That is a great. Um, fact. And in defense of choosing something, listen, any real New England band ends up in Boston. That's it. Boston's the, the the circling the drain or the magnet or however you want to put it. It it actually is Boston's actually the London of this little this whole area. Like anything that's of any use just hoovers up down into there. Or I mean, humorously, Timmy was going to make us do Providence. Right? Do you know, they they claim Talking Heads for Providence. Yes, they did. I love that. RISD graduates, even though they, they all formed in RISD. New York and never went back, like yeah, never yeah. looked back for a second. <laughs> really. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So Aerosmith, uh, the two the two main players in Aerosmith got to be buddies in Southern New Hampshire. That was where they spent their summers. Uh, Steven Tyler still has a house in Sunapee, New Hampshire, and brings his kids there. Um, I love Aerosmith. We had a brief conversation about Aerosmith where Timmy picked first-gen Aerosmith. So I'm going to embarrass yeah. all of you by choosing second-gen Aerosmith. Ooh. Oh, my God. I am where, very happy to report is, in fact, my favorite Aerosmith. Where is Brian? Not only, that, not only that. Not only that. All of my favorite Aerosmith songs are co-written by Desmond Child. All of them. I love Who's Desmond me? Child. Who's Desmond Child? So, Desmond Child is this half Hungarian, half Cuban songwriter who uh, is known for heavy metal ballads and beloved, beloved uh, heavy metal ballads. So let's go here. What do we um, He's got Kisses, I Was Made for Loving You. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, I Hate Myself for Loving You. So he's off to a good start, right? He's got the Loving You duo. Then just listen to these bangers. You Give Love a Bad Name, Living on a Prayer, Bad Medicine, and Boarding Me My Baby with Bon Jovi. Oh! And then wow. the Aerosmith songs include Dude Looks Like a Lady, Angel, What It Takes, Crazy, and F-I-N-E are all. Which crazy. I hope is your I choice. I'm so mad oh, at no. you. That's oh, no, choice. my friend. No, no, no. I'm definitely choosing what it takes. I'm definitely choosing what it takes. But your uh, your whole life was F-I-N-E when, when we were in college. I know, you but no, that that's song? because... That's More because than what it that's because I love first of all, I loved pump. I absolutely love pump. I thought pump was fantastic. That's first. Second, I love a good comeback story. 
and um, Jeff will know. Uh, and Timmy, have you done this? Have you listened to all the Aerosmith records, including the ones, the Valley in the middle? Uh, no, God, no. Oh, dude, it's really worth doing. <laughs> the one that they put out in the middle uh, after after the guitarist left is so unbelievably bad. Uh-huh. So jaw-droppingly bad. Um, and then they made it back. And then, then Pump is an actual, legit, true-to-life, great record. There's five right. or six really good songs on that. I would. Jeff is right in college. At points, when I was in an up-tempo mood, Fine was my favorite. But after a hard breakup, there's nothing like what it takes. Because you need to know what it takes to let them go. I think we all could feel that. They also yeah, quote, you will do what they it quote takes. the song F-I-N-E in what it takes. I know, that's so where we're going at minute 129. Girl, before I met you, I was F-I-N-E fine. The thing that's fucking hilarious about Desmond Tell, first of all, I mean, the chords are so gloopy. It's amazing. And all of his ballads sound the same. And the words are so unbelievably aggressively stupid. It kills me every single time. 129. Coming up. Here we go. Ready? Action. Girl, before I met you, I was F-I-N-E fine. But your love made me a prisoner. Yeah, my heart's been doing time. You sped me up like money. Oh, then you hung me out to dry. It was easy to keep all your lines in disguise. Cause you had me in deep with the devil in your eyes. Tell me what it takes. It is oh. so jam-packed with dumb things. It's <laughs> amazing. In deep with the devil in your eyes. It's literally, they're just like, those words, none of those make sense together. What is going on here? And then you can hear it better on the first chorus, but there's an accordion that they jam yep. into that chorus for no reason whatsoever. Uh, so I, have two, I have two great Aerosmith stories, one of which I just heard for the first time Um I'll tell you that one second. The first one is, if you haven't seen the documentary, The Making of Pump, I cannot recommend it highly enough, Ben. I'm sure you have seen it. The two-hour 
oh, yeah. like in the studio with these guys where they you realize that this band is hanging on by a thread all the time. Like Joey Kramer has a twitch, like he actually has a facial tick. And they're like, what happened? He's like, that's Steven Tyler. Like Steven is the twitch in my face. Like he drives me so crazy. Oh, I just God. want to kill myself, but we just have to keep this band together. And just watching those five guys try oh, to talk to each other with those. I mean, Joe Perry's New England accent is so hilariously thick after 40 years of fame. He could have hired anybody to get rid of that voice. He's like, oh, yeah. he really sounds <laughs> like a guy losing a, a Sylvester Stallone sound like contest. Um, so I can't recommend that enough. But here's the thing I heard. So... Uh, Jerry Becker, who was our our wonderful Cleveland host, I mentioned that right. that um, was going to his fiftieth birthday party. It did not disappoint. It was hilarious. So many people I hadn't seen in years were there, including um, uh, regular listener Cal Reichenbach, who told me this story that they got from Jerry. So you know that big bands play with um, what are called in ear monitors. Okay. Meaning they're getting the music right into earphones that they're wearing. They're not using front monitors. And they're all getting a unique individual mix. So Steven Tyler's got something called the Noises mix. And it is Looney Tunes sound effects. Like, or like, and he's so ADD and he's so bored by doing all these songs over and over and over again. Then on some nights he turns to sound to the monitor guy and says, I need the noises tonight. And so randomly through the show, they just put Looney Tunes noises. sound effects into Steven Tyler's ears, like Elmer Fudd chasing Bugs Bunny, just to keep him entertained, just to keep him going through the 90 minute Aerosmith greatest hit set. And I guess every sound guy knows it. And it's like a, a hilarious open that secret. Is amazing. That is amazing. Wasn't that the yeah. greatest? It made me love him like a thousand times more. I just thought that was the greatest thing ever. The idea that he's up there like, walk this way. And in his head, is like, I thought I talked what he did. <laughs> he's just totally in his own space. Uh, oh, so, that's really funny. Great choice. That song, that that bridge is great. I mean, that guy's, yeah. uh, you're right. Those songs are stupid, but that, the. No, and also that's, that's a, if you ever, if you ever want to teach somebody how to count six over four, that da 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 all those triplets over a four beat. I mean, that's yeah. that's the perfect ten seconds to explain to people how to break four into six. One two three. One two three. One two three. One two three. Boom! It's great. Love it. I have no idea what you just said, but I'm wondering: didn't Stephen talk? Does he not even write the lyrics? It's this Hungarian Cuban dude writing the lyrics. It's a collaboration. It's a it collaboration. Is collaboration? Sure. Yeah. Well, that's a good collaboration right there. Yeah, that no, song for sure. Kicks butt. Yeah. I love it. That that song comes on and the kids know it's sing along time. So fun. All right, Jeff Simons. What do you got? I'm going a totally wild different direction. So right. um when the last uh, when the Rich Price band was making its record, we were in Connecticut of all places. We were at a place called the Carriage House, and it was a fancy studio. It was a really cool experience, and we were working with an engineer named Brian Humphreys, and he had come from Los Angeles to do the record, and so he was getting all these cool files from uh, other engineers, and it was just at the moment when you could send stems and MP3s digitally, like back and forth, really quickly. It was you know 2003, so that the technology of like here's a whole record into your inbox. And so we're making the record and he tells us like, I just got 
something from a friend of mine. He just recorded it. This record's coming out in six months and it's the, it's so beautiful. I just want to share it with somebody and he gives it to us and we are blown away. Like I cannot believe how much I love the first three songs on this record. This is a guy who was, he's a New Hampshire guy who was like, had some kind of nine to five and his clock radio woke him up one morning and it was a Stephen Stills solo song. And he hears 20 seconds of it and says, that's what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. I want to be a musician. Just has an epiphany, quits his job, buys an acoustic guitar, teaches himself how to play it, writes a whole bunch of songs and makes this solo debut. His name is Ray LaMontagne. Um, Let's go. Ray LaMontagne is just getting going just as the Rich Price Band is getting going. So we actually played a couple of shows with him. In fact, the biggest show I ever played with Rich was at a big Colorado festival where Ray was opening for us. And we, his record wasn't even out yet. And we were all such slobbering fans of his because we'd had an advanced copy of his record and had been playing it in our van. And we kind of freaked him out. Like we bum rushed him backstage. Like we love your record. And we're such big fans. And, and I remember we tried to get a picture with him. And he's like, I'm not really comfortable having my photograph taken. He was like quiet and introverted he looked like he needed to eat like 20 turkey sandwiches and the really frail and i was like geez i don't know if this guy's gonna be able to and he went out there and and opened for us and just blew us off the stage with his voice so this is a song called shelter um it's the opposite of the song ben played what it takes is all about modern recording it's it's on pro tools it's on a click track it's very deliberately like booms Bots. It's designed though, and it's great. This is a song without a click track, and you can hear it. It's breathing. It slows down in the chorus in ways that modern music isn't supposed to do. Um, and I just, and I'm <laughs> disappointed with Ray's career after this record. I'll admit, like every record he puts out, I wish it was a little different and a little bit better. But like a lot of artists, he had one fantastic record in him, and it's this one. And this is my favorite song of him. So. I think my favorite artist from New England, or at least New Hampshire, apologies to Aerosmith, is Ray LaMontagne. This song's called Shelter.
Beautiful stuff. When it breaks to that high G and the chorus and it just floats away and you just like, there's no semblance of beat anymore. I just, that sounds great. First time I heard him was at a Jay Tandon's wedding. That was their wedding song. Not, not that song. That? But I was like, oh, God, who is this? Yeah. Uh, and they, they made a little uh, wedding CD and I, I wore that thing out. He was great. Ben Barton, do you like Ray LaMontagne? I have mixed feelings about Ray LaMontagne. I'm happy to report that longtime listener Lisa Sorensen, beloved wife of Scott Schimmel, is a huge, huge Ray LaMontagne fan. All right. He must have seen him five or six different times. When I pressed her on it, I was like, what, like what's the deal with this? This is like this like slow crooner, like gravelly voice thing. She's like, have you seen how hot he is? And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, fair. He looks so Scott much Schimmel being a good husband and a good sport has attended all of these shows. All right. That's amazing. He he was not hot when he got started. He had the uh, the good nutrition of uh, a modestly successful career had not kicked in yet. He looked like he looked like he was sleeping in the back of his truck when I met him. But yeah, a lot of a lot of steak fries and fribbles in New England. I'll tell <laughs> exactly. you what. Exactly. Uh, good stuff. Well, it's it's so fun to to start this trilogy with you. You know, of course. Um, raised in Massachusetts in the Boston area, went to grad school up in Vermont. Um, my mom is from Augusta, Maine, so we'd go to Maine all the time. I lived in Hartford, Connecticut for two years, teaching uh, there in Hartford. My sister, those are the glory years, right? Those are really, yeah. it was all downhill from, I was, from there. I was young and fresh. Uh, both sisters went to schools in uh, Rhode Island, Providence College, and Salve Regina, and um, and New Hampshire. New Hampshire is where we'd go on Sundays uh, to buy beer because couldn't buy beer in Massachusetts. So I have a strong connection to every state in New England, uh, and I am going to go with a Boston band that, like Ben's band. Got its start outside of Boston at Worcester Polytech. Oh, come on now. Are we going to Jake Isles? Yeah, yeah we are. Giles. Oh, freeze frame. I can't wait. Or did you no. go centerfold? Uh, better, I think. Oh, no. Hit it. Hit it. Song 
would come just that opening guitar lick would be on WBCN all the time. I guess Peter Wolf used to be a DJ there back in the day. That song, I mean, it's it's no freeze frame, sure, but that song kicks butt. First of all, you got Nikki Cannon very excited when you chose Jay Giles, and she was just like, couldn't decide which she'd rather hear, Centerfold or Free Strip, and you played that, and she was definitely like, whoa, whoa, stop. How how does this thing stop? What happened? And with the more cowbell, they really, (laughs) they gave Don't Fear the Reaper a run for the money with the more cowbell, for sure. How hilarious is that cowbell? I also love the, like, little honks on the harmonica, because Jay Jay Giles himself being left at the, like, honk, honk. (laughs) <laughs> that song has the funniest little like wah, wah, little tiny harmonica part in the verses. So the guy that the band is named for, all he does is play the harmonica. No, he's a guitar no, player. He's a guitarist, yeah. Oh, yeah. Magic Magic Dick is the harmonica player. I was gonna make you say it. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's good stuff. Um, and then Peter Wolf, the uh irrepressible lead singer. Peter Wolf's a great personality. Have I you mean, ever heard of personality? He was a great DJ. He's just like all screaming patter, a million miles an hour. Great front man. And he made the solo record Lights Out, which is a classic. Oh, I love Lights Step Out. Away. Uh-huh. Uh, good stuff. Uh, any final thoughts on Jake Giles? Uh, my favorite old Jake Giles song is It Ain't What You Do, It's How You Do It. Do you know that one? I don't. What's that like? Uh, well, I'll just play the first 10 seconds of it. Here we go. It just has that, like, and trying to do it. Cool it out. Ooh, yeah. Come on, if you keep listening to it, like, everybody in the band is trying to pull focus. Like, the drummer's like... <laughs> it's like the last song on their second record and they obviously were like let's just have one take where everybody does whatever the hell they want and they were like that one's on the record all right it cracks me up i like the old-fashioned bar band sound of both of oh those me last too two ones for yeah sure. india can canada won't like it but i'll definitely like it the um the go-to bar on nantucket the chicken box nice. because it's an actual chicken coop turned into a bar uh, was where the, a band that sounded like that would play for sure that's awesome uh good stuff hey uh if you like this stick around our artist in residence this time for all of new england is mark netter ceo of electrocast but ben barton you'll be happy to know he focused in on providence rhode island for the most part all good all about uh the kind of shows he saw i mean really like saw the original tour of the clash Saw Talking Heads in Rhode Island. Um, yeah, good stuff. If you've ever been to Lupo's Heartbreak Hotel in Providence, Rhode Island, you will want to listen to our Artists in Residence podcast later this week. And so when we get together next time, we're going to come with our, our top five jam bands and our case for or against Fish. Can you even name five jam bands that you like, Ben? I, like, number one is Pearl Jam and if they don't count then we're going to have a hard time well that's going to be really interesting because like when you look at Wikipedia's list of jam bands it's everybody who's ever played an instrument had a guitar and solo they claim, <laughs> they claim everyone but if you take the really strict like bands that are going to play songs that are 17 minutes long oh you know what I could choose is uh, the Black Cross I like the Black Cross 
See, that's interesting. I yeah, yeah, I would you're right on the edge, right? So that'll be a really that'll be an equally fascinating little part yeah, of our sure. conversation. They are no <laughs> longer on the edge. Maybe they're on the edge like their first album, but then they quickly. When I'm I'm gonna know what I want to know which five fluffhead performances Ben prefers from the fish catalog. <laughs> I can't wait for this. All right, gentlemen. Good times, good work today. I'll see you next time on the 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys podcast. Well, look at me like signing off. I know, that was good. I was, I'm, I got a little chill there. That was great. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye, friends. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric Acid.